From between the hedges at Sanford Stadium to the practice fields, from Stegman Coliseum and wherever else the Bulldogs are playing, it's time to talk Georgia sports. From the Athens Banner Herald, here are your hosts, Mark Weiser and Ryan Dennis. Hey, welcome into the Bulldogs Extra Podcast. Mark Weiser along with Ryan Dennis. It's uh, a Thursday edition of the podcast. There's still movement in the transfer portal. Signing day part due is next week. And Georgia beat Alabama again in a different sport. Ooh, baby. We'll talk to someone that was a part of that football win over Alabama, offensive lineman Jamari Sawyer, who's getting ready for the Senior Bowl. And uh, we'll talk to him about this past season and what's ahead for him. And why don't we start right now with uh, Jamari. All right, we're joined now by Jamari Sawyer, Georgia starting offensive lineman for the last two seasons and now gearing up for the Senior Bowl next week in Mobile, Alabama. And uh, he's also a national champion. Jamari, uh, thanks for joining us. And how, how does that sound, uh, being a national champion? Are you used to hearing it yet? Uh, it's, it's still kind of surreal to me, um, but I definitely enjoy hearing other people say it. Uh, you know, for me, I didn't get to enjoy it as much as the other guys. You know, I went kind of from that to, uh, to, to begin training in my own process. But, uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's still kind of surreal to me, but I enjoy it when I can. All right, so you all obviously lost to Bama in the SEC championship game after a terrific regular season. It's almost about four weeks before Michigan in the Orange Bowl. Did you think this team was still going to get up off the mat and, and win it all? Uh, yeah, that's kind of what the mindset was for us, just kind of getting up off the mat, looking at ourselves, uh, looking at our real truths looking at our blind truths, the things that maybe we didn't see before the loss of Alabama, um, whatever it was, maybe conditioning from a scheme standpoint, from an execution standpoint, um, just being able to recognize those things and actually being able to do something about them. Um, and I knew, we knew that, you know, we felt that we were the best team. We just felt like on that particular day against Alabama, we didn't execute our best game plan. And so uh, we wanted to fix those things before we headed towards a big battle with Michigan. And uh, that we knew we had a chance to, to be able to get back to the national championship and win it if we, you know, fix those things that were holding us back. All right, Jarmari, take us behind the scenes there. What what does Kirby say or any of the coaches say before that Michigan game? You know, you had a month there to think about that loss. What's going on behind the scenes? What are they saying to y'all to, to keep y'all's mindset, you know, thinking that you are the number one team and, and uh, you know, could go out and demolish Michigan kind of like y'all did? Honestly, just go back to work. Um, go back to work, give ourselves a chance to be in good enough shape, um, you know, going, and going into a um, – the, uh, was the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, you know, it was hot in there. And so I think for a lot of guys, you know, we've been playing the cold, the cold, the cold, the cold, and you go to that hot, you know, we weren't really conditioned like we should have been the first go-around. So, you know, that was obviously a big part of emphasis for Coach Smart is just being a best-conditioned team. Um, and obviously going to uh, um, an environment like Miami where it's 80, 84 degrees, uh, you know, stuff like that, just being able to practice and being able to play in that environment was really vital for us to be able to give ourselves a a chance, uh, upper hand on a team like Michigan where they couldn't maybe simulate that as well. So, yeah, we wanted to be able to um, give ourselves an advantage with our conditioning and just our execution. Um, yeah, and like I said, just looking at those blind truths and being able to do something about them and fix them, then gave us a chance. So what it went into that conditioning? Are y'all back in the Sanford Stadium running steps or, uh, you know, running sprints? So what what went into all that? Honestly, uh, just a lot of different things. Probably just whether it was conditioning after certain periods in practice, conditioning before and after practice, getting certain guys who, you know, were still were struggling with their weight, getting up early in the morning and just getting extra running in to make sure 
to make sure, you know, at that point we only had two more, one more guaranteed opportunity against Michigan and then one more after that. So we just put everything we could into it and tried to leave it with no regrets. So, if, you know, if the work came to work and we lost, we could say, well, at least we lost, you know, swinging as opposed to, you know, letting things just kind of slip by us like we did against Alabama. So. So in the championship game, you started obviously again a left tackle, but then you moved inside. Was that due to uh, you know kind of the uh, pressure they were getting um, in that game, or or uh, was there injury uh, elsewhere, or you know obviously you guys were much better and then made the plays in the fourth quarter to pull it out. Um, so you know it, it's honestly a uh, um, adjustment to a Warren X, and he got he got an injury. I think he. Uh, I want to say he sprained his ankle mm-hmm. on both sides. So, uh, yeah, he was he trying to try to go out there and tough it out. But, um, you know, it just was something that, you know, wasn't really the right time for that. You know, he kind of wanted to try to win the game. And so, you know, Coach Luke came up with his best five and asked me was I comfortable with it. And I said, sure, Coach, I don't know if he just want to win the game. And so uh, that's kind of how we got to that point of me playing right guard. You know, uh, there's plenty of thoughts about it. Me going to left guard, me standing at tackle. And there's, there's a lot of different rotations that could have happened. But that's what Coach Luke felt most comfortable with. And that's what he went with. Jamari, at what point this year did y'all realize, hey, we've got the makings of a team that can can go all the way? You know, uh, when did that kind of click with everybody? Was it after the Clemson game? Did it take a couple games, or was it even from the outset of the season? Uh, I think for me personally, uh, when I really noticed that we had something special, was um, you could kind of see it in uh, in fall camp. Um, you could kind of see it, but you know, once that really started to come through, I think it was one drive we just. I mean, we just jumped out pretty fast in Arkansas and, uh, you know, kind of look at each other on the sideline and say, okay, we got something special here. Like, like we got something really special. Um, and it's just different moments throughout the season. I can think back on and just say, man, this team was different because of this. Or, you know, we, we, we blow out Missouri at home and then you got guys in the locker room upset because, you know, we didn't play our best game or we weren't getting enough shape or, you know, demanding guy that guys come in for Sunday lift. Like, you just stuff like that just kind of makes the team different. And, um, you know, we took pride in that just as leaders, as leaders, as older guys and the younger guys. But we had a great young group. We these are young guys to lead. And, um, you know, it just all came together for us this year. Now, you're, you're preparing for the NFL draft like, uh, you know, a lot of your former teammates. Uh, left tackle was where you, you lined up for Georgia. And I know there's always a lot of thought that you're pretty versatile. You can play a lot of spots. What do you think teams are looking uh, at you as? And what position do you think you're going to practice and play at next week? Oh, I think a lot of teams see me as an interior guy. I always like to, you know, say that I, I can I can play all five because I can and I have. Um, you know, obviously my, my left tackle film speaks for itself, but I played in the interior and uh, in an emergency role my sophomore year. I played at at center as well. So uh, you know, and I, play, and I played a, I practiced at center almost every day in practice. So um, yeah, it's just something that I feel really comfortable at. at, at I truly do feel at all. I, really, I truly do feel comfortable at all five positions and. Uh, you know, uh, wherever they need me at next week, that's where I'll play. Um, I, I, I would assume they'll probably be on the interior, but they need to play left tackle. I mean, it's not like we're going to be foreign land and even right tackle. I played that a lot at the end of my sophomore year. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty comfortable. Now, you uh, are clear that you want to get your mama a house. So, <laughs> what have you envisioned in this? You know, is it, you know, on a lake, uh, in, in the mountains, on the beach, uh, in Atlanta? What are you What are you thinking with this thing? Uh yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I would imagine my mom's probably not much of a beach person. Uh, she probably get tired of it pretty fast, but she ain't no mountain person. Either. She, you know, it's destined and quiet for her. So probably somewhere nice in the suburbs, so she can, you know, be able to be around, you know, the rest of our family and not have to travel hours away. 
you know, somewhere she feels comfortable for my little brother and sister to go to school and stuff like that. That's that sounds like that to her pretty well. I don't think Beach and Mountains would really, really do it for her. Maybe when she's older. What was the sign that you carried uh, at the parade? Did it was it your mom's birthday? Is that what it was? Yes, it was. It was my, it was my mom's birthday. Okay. And uh, was she touched by uh, you uh, kind of sharing that with everybody uh, on a big day like that? Yeah, she was crying. Uh, she enjoyed it a lot. I just wanted to make the day special for her. Uh, obviously, it was a very special day for me that I'll never forget for the rest of my life, just, you know, for the football aspect of it. But, you know, the day just kind of fell perfectly, you know, on my mom's birthday. So, um, yeah, I wanted to, you know, do what I could to make her feel special on that day that was already special to me. Now, you got up and spoke that, that day, uh, you know, in front of a large crowd. You've been in that stadium in front of a lot of people, but was that the most nerve-wracking thing you've ever done in that stadium? Um, honestly, no. Uh, it was kind of calming. Um, you know, knowing that I could be in there just one more time in front of all those people. Um, it felt comfortable. I didn't really feel nervous up there. Um, you know, it was just me, you know, my, my fans, my, my family, and my, my teammates who are my family. Um, so it felt pretty comfortable to me. I mean, San Francisco was, was always going to be home to me. So uh, it was honestly kind of a pretty calming feeling. Uh, just knowing, knowing that you were able to stand in front of all those people and that you got the job done, you know, um, that's, that was the most uh, calming thing to me. You know, addressing them, addressing them, and uh, you know, saying we lost the game, or trying to pass that over, that would have been more difficult, you know. But um, you know, standing up there and the mission completed is definitely a better feel. So, are you down in in the Panhandle of Pensacola area to uh, train, and and is that where you'll stay if you're there now? Um, you know, until I guess the, through the combine and pro day and all that. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, and what, what kind of routine is it there? I mean, uh, you know, you, you mentioned kind of you didn't get a chance to catch your breath at all. You went pretty much straight into uh, gearing up for this next phase of your life? Uh, just kind of just, just you know, preparing my body, uh, preparing my body for the scene bowl, preparing my body for combine, full day, just, you know, long season. You know, kind of kind of got a, a little taste of the NFL, but, uh, you know, it's just but. Play like 15 games, so yeah, it's just something. It's just a little taste, but uh, you know, kind of give you an insight into what the future holds in the preparation, the work it takes to get your body back and to heal from injuries. Uh, you know, off the line is not the most glorious position, but it ain't very glorious on the body either. So, uh, you know, you just kind of do what you can to get your body back and um, you know, get ready to hit it hard. You're you're preparing your body now, but right after the game, you know, we see Stetson uh, maybe taking a sip of bourbon and enjoying a cigar. Did you do any of that? Did you uh, just get to live a little bit, enjoy yourself after that? And I was just excited. Uh, I was a kid at the candy store. You know, uh, you know, I walked around with a cigar or whatever, but, uh, you know, I didn't really know what to do with it. I just kind of <laughs> enjoyed, enjoyed the moment, uh, enjoyed being at my brother's. Uh, that's what made it special for me, just knowing that it was probably my last time to be able to see all of them as a collective group like that. Um, it just made it really special for me. Uh, and it's something I'll never forget. I mean, just uh, the images and the sights and the sounds that just kind of like burned into my head forever. And I, yeah, I pray that I'll never lose that. But I'm, I'm, yeah, that was very special for me. Last thing, uh, and I, you know, he just mentioned Stetson, and obviously there was a lot of anticipation about, you know, what would happen if he would come back, if he would just call it a, a career and ride off into the sunset, or, or at least a college career. Uh, how much have you kind of been paying attention to, you know, the comings and goings of the roster for next season, and uh, your, your thoughts just on, uh, you know, some guys, uh, you know, choosing to go their own way or, or choosing to come back like Stetson, and then, you know, guys like uh, Christopher Smith, William Poole, that kind of thing. Uh, I always try to try to um, respect guys' decision. Um, I mean, nobody ever really knows. Like nobody ever really knows, except for the guy and his family, um, why they choose to do what they do. Everybody likes to speculate and say, "Oh, he should have done this. He should have done that." But you know, everybody makes a decision that's best for them at the end of the day. 
um, and they have to see that through no matter what the decision is. So um, I respect everybody's decision. Um, glad we got the guys to come back that, that, that did so they could lead the team. Um, you know, I think that they got some great leaders that they were able to bring back. Um, and, that, you know, I pray, pray success on the guys that left. You know, I want those guys to be able to have successful careers too because, I mean, no matter what, those still my brothers. You did something great together. So, um, yeah, I think the roster will be just fine. I know they developed talent. It's what Georgia's been good at is developing talent. So um, not only just signing it. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what – and then there's young group of guys, um, very talented group of guys. got to work with some of them um, and create and bold prep practice. And uh, it's, it's a talented group of young players, especially defense guys. Jamar, we appreciate you uh, carving out some time to uh, join us here today, and uh, great good luck uh, next week in uh, Mobile, and then uh, towards the Combine, and uh, as you make your way towards the NFL. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, we thank Jamar Salyer, the uh, Georgia offensive lineman who's uh, getting ready now for an NFL career, for joining us. On the podcast, uh, hopefully we'll be able to maybe sprinkle in some other guys that uh, just uh, picked up a little natty and uh, yeah. getting ready for the next level between now and the draft, which I guess is the end of April. Yeah, and uh, you know where where does uh, I guess we didn't really ask him where he's hearing from scouts and the like it where he might fall. What's the uh, the consensus of where? I mean, if you get a guy who says he can play all five positions, we've seen him right at left tackle, obviously right tackle. Uh, both guards positions and you you know you asked him about filling in for Warren Erickson there and when did he play center too right he uh, jumped in there when there were some injuries and uh, was able to snap the ball so I mean where uh you know with, with a guy that versatile along the offensive line I wonder what what he might go as far as uh, maybe top two or three rounds maybe good question we should give me a little more heads up but let me pull up a little <laughs> uh, seven round mock draft which should give us the answer and I'll do a quick search on there and see where this is from uh, draftcountdown.com. Now, not many... Uh, the go-to source for all draft uh, questions. Well, because not many folks that do this kind of thing are putting out seven-round mock drafts before, like, the first, you know, a major All-Star right, game. Well, right. I mean, the Senior Bowl is the All-Star game, but let me see what they got well, from I mean, Mr. I guess Sawyer. the question is, uh, will he make enough to buy his mama house? I'm sure he will. And what, what round will he fall into? Uh, I mean, is he a top three type round pick, a, a second day type deal? I wonder. Uh, I'm searching it up, so give me some time. But um, Ryan, why don't you talk about something else now uh, as you uh, well, I'm just surprised thinking, the world with I, this question. I'm just thinking about you know uh, him and, and everybody celebrating. Obviously, uh, Stetson throwing in the cigar after the after the game, and then um, you know you saw a lot of guys with the cigar. It's just so funny to me. He's like, yeah, I threw a cigar in my mouth. I didn't really know what to do with it. I mean, I feel like I've been in that position too because it's like I'll light it and I'll puff and I'll blow out smoke and maybe it'll come out my nose and I feel like I've done something, you know. Uh, and I just wondered, uh, like a Stetson, he seems like he knows what he's doing with that and, and the pappy and all that stuff, the uh, bourbon. So, um, you know, it's just in that moment, I, I think about, I wonder what I would do as a, as a you know, a 22-year-old celebrating uh, such a big accomplishment. All right, I'm not having any luck with this uh, this mock, so I can't really answer that question for you. But well, how uh, about this? How about who's the highest Georgia player that's going to go in that? Is it Jordan Davis? Is it Nakobe Dean? It's it's Nakobe or it's Trayvon Walker, I believe. Oh uh, yeah, man, he made a name for himself in those past few games. I mean, some of that video you saw of him tearing through Michigan's defense, and then uh, you know he, he did a lot of the same type of things against uh, Alabama there in the championship. Uh, and you know, there's no doubt that Nakobe, man. Uh, 
wow, what an asset he'll be for whatever team he falls to. And, hey, another question I wanted to ask uh, Jamari there is, like, did he grow up a Falcons fan? Has he ever talked about that? Would that be a dream destination? That way his mom could stay around Atlanta and watch him play? I wonder. I wonder if, you know, that would be something he would, uh, you know, a team he'd like to fall to. Do they draft Georgia players? I thought that's a big that issue. Is true. People yeah. uh, take some issue with. Um, Jamari Salyer on Mel Kuyper's list. Now, this is not a seven-round mock, but he has him as the number four rated overall guard. Pretty good behind Zion Johnson of Boston College, Kenyon Green of Texas A&M, and Darian Kennard of Kentucky. Uh, down the list at uh, 10C, because there's got four guys at number 10, is mm-hmm. Justin Schaefer, mm-hmm. another Georgia fine lineman. Uh, all right, so uh, Ryan, i got, got a more important question for you, uh, and I mentioned this kind of uh, to Jamari. I uh, don't know kind of where you stand on the old Wordle thing. Is that a thing that you do? Every day, every morning. Every day. Yep, yep. Okay, is there a five-letter word you would use to describe the season then for Georgia? Um, I mean, champ, is that... Is oh, that, that's the one. You win it in one guess. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, hold on. Let me tweet that out. <laughs> uh, I think my last uh, three wordles, which, uh, you know, this is a, a, something I'm not going to spend the rest of my life doing, but uh, I think I got it uh, two, three, and three. So uh, not going to talk about the couple before then where uh, maybe I took a lot longer. You think they'll ever have dogs, D-A-W-G-S? Me and my wife were talking about this. They don't do plural, it seems. So you might as well not oh, put your ass at the little, end. Little uh, helpful hint. A little. Yeah. Uh, uh, we don't know that. What do, what do they call that? A hack? <laughs> yeah. And uh, hey, and one more thing. Don't ever post that day's word on Twitter because you will. Uh, oh, did you do that? No, I saw one Hugh Atchison of uh, five and know, ten fame. Chef fame. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did that. Oh, did he get a lot of? Uh, it was not pretty. Oh. Anyway, back to uh, Georgia Bulldogs. Well, no, I had a, I had a question about. You now this is probably. I hope many of our listeners are not uh, tuning off now because they don't know what the hell we're talking about. But uh, word uh, knows word. I didn't know the answer to this initially when I, I just tried this out for the first time. I guess last weekend, um, and I didn't know. Could you have like? two of the same letter in the uh, five-letter yeah, word, yeah. and the answer is yes. But did you know that or did you just run across that? Uh, I discovered that with the word robot about two weeks ago. Oh, uh, what if somebody's uh, well saving up their word? I don't think you can I don't do think. That. Well, uh, Emily has found a uh, archive you can go back and play, but, you know, I mean, whatever. All right, let's move from uh, one uh, topic of conversation to another. Uh, Ryan, where do you stand on the Baseball Hall of Fame? Only David Poppy Ortiz gets in. Um, I thought Georgia great Jeff Treadway should be in. Was he on the ballot? <laughs> I think he's uh, expired. What, actually, we should ask Chris Verlacos, the fine uh, baseball SID for Georgia, which Georgia player in history has – like, you know, you, you see guys getting like 1%, 4%. Like, who's, who's ever gotten the most votes of a former Georgia Man, player? Man, that's uh, – all right, I know I, names are slipping my mind. There had to be like a great, uh, somebody great in there, right? You know, it's funny to look at that book because the great uh, Billy Henderson was a great base dealer, you yeah, know, Clark yeah. Central great, and uh, Buck Ballou was a was a great baseball player. You know, there's some names you see along there. You're like, I didn't know yeah, that Buck, Didn't Buck hit in the 300s, 400s? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. He's, I think he holds a record of some sort. All right, um, here's my take on, on Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. Um, and I actually was watching this thing live. I don't know why, but I it was like 6 o'clock, and I, I, I turned it on. Um, look, I didn't really want them to get in, um, you know, through the years. I guess this was the 10th year they were eligible. But, 
you know, there was some pre-voting kind of polling of, of baseball writers, and they got some good percentages where they would have maybe got in. But then you know, people said the polling, um, if you were reluctant to vote for one of those guys, that maybe you wouldn't have uh, put that out there. So, you know, they thought that those guys maybe wouldn't get in. But I, I started, I kind of sort of was rooting for them now as a 10th ballot <coughs> Hall of Famer to, to get in where I thought that they were penalized enough by just having to, to wait so long that I'd be fine if they got in now. And, and it didn't happen. But I guess now there's... The ability. I guess there's something in December yeah. or some committee that could put That's them in. The veterans committee, maybe. No, it's something. not the veterans committee. It's something else. So I didn't learn. I didn't. So read there's that. a uh, in there a new class type of deal. They changed it a few years ago. I don't know. My thing is, look, I feel like every one of those guys, including one Pete Rose, which that's another debate, really, uh, for the way for the reason he's not in, but uh, all are deserving baseball players that you know. If they never took steroids in their life, they'd be Hall of Famers. And I say put them in for that reason. But it doesn't uh, – I don't go to bed at night sleeping about it or uh, thinking about it. You've been to the Baseball Hall of Fame? I haven't. Uh, Cooperstown, right? Wait a second. You go to all those concerts of Dave Matthews up in upstate New York. And I've you... never been to upstate, but we might go this year. Wait, haven't you been to Saratoga Springs? No, we were going to go. Oh. It got COVID right. canceled. And right. then this past year, it was right. there in the middle of the Well, we went, we went a few summers ago. and uh, Good? Too much? No, it was awesome. Um, and they had a, a really couple nice Braves displays there because, you know, they have guys that are actually in the Hall of Fame, but then they have some stuff that's like current, just kind of a little, you know, display, not necessarily like a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. They had some really cool Braves artifacts. I think I might have tweeted it out back in the time. Yeah, I love stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, before we get to, to Georgia football, which is the, the bread and butter of this podcast and what we do coverage-wise, um, saw early this morning that the Australian Open – uh, it wasn't too early. I'm not talking about 2 a.m. It was like 6.30, a.m. I don't know. Yeah, they started uh, at 3.30 down under. American Daniel Collins makes the finals of the Aussie Open. And How about Madison Keys? Did she lose the party? I uh, don't know where she went out, but hmm. I hadn't really watched much of this tournament. Um, but I remembered her because I, I talked to her back in 2014 on a story of transfers. Uh, because back then there was no transfer portal, and there was a lot of controversy about you know players not being able to move freely. And she transferred from Florida to Virginia, and then her sophomore year at Virginia, she won the national title here in singles at the Dan McGill Tennis Complex. And uh, I just thought it was cool. You don't really see many Americans these days yeah. going from the college route to a, a final of a Grand Slam. And uh, yeah, you know, so, so fans that came out that year could have seen a, a future possible Grand Slam champion. Yeah, I think John Isner is like the model for peak college players, you know, except, you know, he made the one run to the Wimbledon semifinals, but he's been the top American, uh, you know, or he, he held that for about 10 years, you know, and obviously he was a great at the University of Georgia. But, you know, every now and then somebody will sneak through. I feel like Florida's had a guy and some other things. But, uh, yeah, it is always good to see uh, somebody go to college route and then make it really big on the uh, pro tour as well. All right, let's talk about uh, the latest big news for Georgia football since we last podcast, and that was Jermaine Burton. Uh, I don't remember if he was already – I guess he was in the transfer portal already, but where he ended up with uh, didn't sit well with a lot of folks. That will be yeah. Alabama. Um, it prompted, I guess, Nicole Hardman to uh, hmm. post on Twitter wondering about going from one champion, one national championship uh, participant to another. And uh, you know what? This is Jermaine Burton's life. It's his career. Um, I mean, I understand Georgia fans not wanting to have him have a chance to, like, catch a game-winning touchdown against Georgia in Mercedes-Benz next year. But, you know, I don't think uh, – I think even we heard Jamari kind of say it when we did the interview there. 
these guys have to have to do what they think is best for them. And, you know, I mean, truthfully, if you remember, I mean, he had some big catches. I think he had a big catch against Michigan in the Orange Bowl. Was that a touchdown catch maybe even? I think it might yeah, have been. Yeah, because uh, the cornerback did something funny. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, he was sort of overshadowed by Brock Bowers, by A.D. Mitchell, uh, by Lad McConkey to a certain extent. I mean, and then you go to Bama. You know, if you want to be featured, if you want to be an NFL draft pick, I mean, they have a good history of sending guys to the NFL, you know, whether he could have done the same at Georgia, you know, possibly, um, you know, we haven't heard him do any interviews, although he did shoot back at me, Cole Hartman, kind of saying, you know, mm. it's my it's my life type deal. Yeah, you know, last week I said uh, that the quarterback situation at Georgia likely had nothing to do with it. But you think about this scenario, you got the chance to go play with a Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, I don't care who Georgia's quarterback is at the time, you know, it'd be hard to pass that up. And I know that scene is a traitor, you know, being a traitor to, to whatever and and the like. But, um, you know, maybe in this situation, uh, some of the tweeters out there might have a point that, uh, you know, having Stetson come back, he, you know, obviously he led Georgia to a, to a national title, but he's not in the Heisman discussion. And so, uh, you know, to get a chance to go play with Bryce Young, I guess uh, that was the decision that uh, Jermaine Burton thought would fit him best. He's not in the Heisman discussion. You're talking about Stetson, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? I mean, if Georgia runs the table again next season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do uh, we even know that Stetson's going to be the quarterback? I mean, who knows? Uh, no. Well, I, I think he's probably going to be the starting quarterback against Oregon, I think it's fair yeah. to say. But, yeah. but yeah. I mean, I don't know if Kirby's going to say that. Right. Um, we got four guys in camp that can all uh, <laughs> lead this team. All right, Latavius Brinney uh, goes to Arkansas as a transfer. Lavasay Carroll to South Carolina. Uh, I think we've already reported or, or talked about Justin Robinson to Mississippi State. Who else you don't? Then Latavius Brinney go to uh, yeah, yeah. I just Florida. mentioned him. No, Arkansas. Um, uh, Florida was uh, Jalen Kimber. Jalen Kimber, thank you. Yeah. So um, you know those guys are not Jermaine Burton in that they would not have necessarily had prominent roles. I mean, maybe Jalen Kimber could have come off injury and. Uh, I think it was like a shoulder surgery type deal. You know, maybe he would have had a chance to to make a run for some PT. But most of these guys are going to get more snaps elsewhere. So, um, you know, so you lose Jermaine Burton, you lose George Pickens. I wrote about the kind of what Georgia has left at the wide receiver position. Um, you know, looking at the numbers uh, from last year, the catches, the yards, the number of targets they had. Um, and then you add Eric Eric Gilbert to the mix, who was back at the parade, yeah. and um, you know presumably we'll see him in the spring, hopefully at, so, yeah. at G Day. Um, obviously, he was. We, we talked an awful lot about him last summer, mm-hmm. and then obviously he uh, left the team for personal reasons. Um, but I'll say this, um, you know, and then there's also the, the transfer portal where you know there'll, there'll be a guy that is attractive uh, as a receiver, you presume. That will come in, come in there during the spring after spring practices. Maybe Georgia can pick up somebody else. But you know, we don't know what we think we know. Sometime, and I say that because nobody was talking about Lad McConkey this time a year ago. Uh, you know, when you said, "Well, what's Georgia got at wide receiver?" I mean, he would have been last kind of in the conversation as a scout team guy. Ad Mitchell came in, and it really wasn't until the spring. Um, you know, the spring game he had a big game, and you started hearing buzz about him before. But I don't know if, if you know. I don't remember if he was a December signee or a February signee. Well, how, about, H- how much talk there was about him, you know, coming out of uh, high school? Yeah, I mean, he had a little bit of explosive. You thought maybe just a punt returner uh, type of deal and not play such a prominent role in the offense. But how about Kendrick? 
you know, when did he come into the program? He was a, gra- or a transfer, you know, and uh, in, well, he, in he, the portal. So I mean, he, he uh, and he was the you know he was a dang good impact player. You know, shut down corner really on your defense. Clemson parted ways with him in February. I think he had his uh, you know arrest in Rock Hill in, in March. And then uh, Georgia ended up getting him. I believe it was, I mean, it was the same day that Ari Gilbert. That's when the news kind of went down that they both were coming. And I don't remember if it was May or June, maybe right around that time. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was a, a big get at cornerback. Absolutely, really gave Georgia tons of experience. Uh, you know, which they used. Um, you know, to get. I mean, what was he? The defensive MVP for the Orange Bowl. Mm-hmm. Well, two interceptions. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's take a little break. We'll come back and talk a little bit more football and uh, talk a little basketball and uh, wrap it up. All right, there's, uh, you know, signing day is coming up on Wednesday. And then, of course, and, and, you know, we're talking about adding a few pieces uh, to what's already I guess they're number four, maybe. Are they number three? They might have moved up. Yeah, guys that haven't that have committed hard commits that haven't officially uh, inked the paper yet. Yeah, and and uh, there's a couple other targets that they're going after. But you know, the next big thing is going to be kind of Kirby announcing what his plans are for the defensive uh, opening after Dan Landing left. Uh, you know, if he's going to, you know, is Scott Cochran going back on the field? Are they going to hire somebody else? Uh, and then, of course, with uh, the wide receiver opening. Um, you know, we'll see how that shakes out. But uh, Christian Robinson left uh, or, or joined the Auburn staff. Uh, the former Georgia linebacker was at Florida. And uh, Mike Bobo was on that Auburn staff last year. Uh, I assume by next week we will get an official word from Georgia that he's going to be joining the staff as an analyst. Uh, Bobo was speaking to Thomasville High School, uh, you know, some athletic banquet last night. And uh Got some confirmation from someone that was there that uh, he did talk about joining the staff here at Georgia. Get a chance to coach his son, right? Um, he's not going to be coaching him, per se. He's not you know an on-field I mean. coach. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Drew Bobo, a uh, young offensive line signee. Um, so we'll see how that all shakes out. And uh, Kirby, Will Muschamp, and Mike Bobo uh, will be back together on the same staff, presumably, unless uh, – you know, the NFL comes calling for Will Muschamp or something like that. I don't know. Ryan, uh, Matthew Stafford will be facing the 49ers on Sunday. Are you rooting for him to win this thing? Yes, I am. You know, with a lot of the philanthropic, can I say that right? Uh, you know, stuff he's done with the donations he and his wife have given to the University of Georgia. And, uh, you know, he's just, he's been one of those guys that suffered so long with the Lions. <clears throat> Pardon me. But, I mean, he got the Lions to about as far as the Lions could get. And, uh, you know, it's good to see him be with a team like the Rams and, and finding success. And, you know, you're just so happy for him and, and what he's done. And how about uh, the fact that there will be a Georgia Bulldog in the Super Bowl for, what, a 21st straight year, I think? I, I know I saw a Mark Rick tweet about it, but we do get the updates from uh, – from uh, one Steve Colquitt, maybe, from the SID department. Oh, you don't think Rick did the research himself? <laughs> well, maybe he did. He's a, he's a knowledgeable Wait, does that mean that Mark Rick is now on the email, uh, the media email list? And I hope he's so. getting the same email? We need to go did? through all 280 people uh, to yeah. send it to. Uh, so I wrote about this uh, in the twice-a-week 
uh, Bulldogs Extra newsletter, which uh, if you don't get, please uh, find it on the website and uh, you know subscribe so you can get that. Uh, give a little uh, something else besides the stories that that we post on the website. Uh, I wrote about you know we don't really root for Georgia football necessarily. I mean Ryan probably does because he went to school here, but you know th- there's a kind of a no cheering in the press box uh, type edict that they announce beforehand. But what we root for are good stories and uh, root for good people too. And, you know, Jamari Salyer uh, was, you know, one of the better guys to be around in terms of interviews, always uh, very engaging and, and frank and honest. And, you, you know, when he showed up on an interview list, you, you were uh, happy about that because, uh, you know, he would bring it in terms of, um, you know, he seemed like he enjoyed uh, talking uh, football and Bulldogs as much as we enjoyed hearing from him. And Matthew Stafford was the same way, and, uh, you know, he's had a good NFL career, but what he hasn't done is win in the playoffs until now. Uh, just a tough situation being at the Lions and, uh, uh, you know, was always good when, when we covered him here uh, with his time. And, uh, and back then, and I wrote about this in the newsletter, you know, this year we got Stetson Bennett after games uh, on these Zooms pretty much every every Saturday that he played. Um, but we didn't. I don't think we got him much at all except for the SEC Championship Week maybe, uh, like on the Monday press conference where uh, you get players available. But back then it was a Tuesday deal. Mark, mm-hmm. That's when Mark Rick had it on Tuesdays. But you could request players. So Matthew Stafford would come up on Monday nights and you could have – it could be maybe one-on-one. It could be you with another reporter or two. And then he'd come back the next uh, lunchtime on Tuesday and answer the same questions again. So you're not seeing that these days. I mean, the demands on these players are different, and the coaches kind of put some roadblocks into uh, how much you get to see these guys. I mean, actually, it was, was uh, you know communicating with some other writers about this. I mean, Jermaine Burton just went to Alabama, and I don't know if we ever talked to him in two years at Georgia. Mm-hmm. Like, he was never available. Do you ever remember any availability with him? I don't. Not even after uh, – well, he was a freshman that year that he – had that big, uh, almost record-setting performance there, and yeah, you wouldn't talk to him because he's a freshman. So yeah, and I don't, I don't believe he was made available this year. Yeah. Uh, so you know, usually I, I think Kirby uh, puts guys out there that are. I don't know if they exactly have the leadership committee like they used to, but guys that kind of are, are in that, um, you know, maybe the 12 or 15 guys or whatever the number is that, that he feels represent the program yeah. great and, um, you know, have that kind of bent towards, uh, you know, thinking, uh, you know, what I'm going to say is, is going to represent the G and that kind of thing. Yeah, quick Matthew Stafford story, just real quick, real quick. And something I've always thought about when I was in school here, me and Matthew were here at the same time and uh, I was working at the dining hall, the, the Snell dining hall and uh, we would feed the football team uh, every August at the start of camp and uh, you know so all the football team would come in there and then I remember uh, on his way out the lady at the front not Miss Sandra if everybody knows who Miss Sandra is but another lady asked can, if he, can, you, can we get her on the podcast yeah let's do it she'd be great but uh, on his way out the lady said uh, excuse me uh, Ms. Matthew uh, can you sign some autographs for my grandkids and he stopped and was so nice and signed probably I don't know six or seven things for the lady and said thank you and walked out and you know it's always stuck with me he's just been a he's been a good guy and no drama and did his job and i think that's the reason we pull for him did he sign like the they have those like styrofoam um he signed know. a burrito <laughs> burrito wrapper <laughs> yeah. yeah no I, I don't remember what he signed i just remember that uh you know he was like oh absolutely and he came over and signed a few things and so that was very sweet now i'm wishing i would have gotten a few things signed myself 
All right, let's let's uh, pivot to basketball, and we'll get back with one more uh, thing about football. Uh, Georgia basketball beat Alabama Tuesday night. I think they're now one and six in the SEC. Um, going to Vanderbilt Saturday, I believe it might be a six p.m. game. Ryan, what does this mean? Uh, do you think that uh, you know Georgia got some positive mojo and? Can this be a turning point? No, I mean, they got some mojo. I think the first, what, uh, 33 minutes of the South Carolina game was positive mojo, too. And then, what was it, a 25-0 run or something like that that South Carolina went on? Uh, but, no, I mean, this team is going to have to play a perfect game throughout to, to win any, you know, any game. And, uh, you know, they did that pretty much, uh, you know, for against Alabama. They put together – they didn't fall off the cliff, I guess, and that's what – Tom Crean has really been trying to preach to the guys. But, no, I mean, it's still a program that uh, is not good. And, uh, you know, they might slip up and beat another team or two, but I don't expect more than a couple more wins in the SEC. I have a feeling Ryan's going to be tweeting out that quote. He'll say, Ryan Dennis, quote, a program that's not good. (laughs) That and uh, no surprise uh, in Joe Lenardi's bracketology, Georgia, nowhere to be found. All right, they finished the game um, when they, you know, had a chance in crunch time. They got to the foul line an awful lot, and they made their free throws. Hey, that's something they've really improved on. I mean, that gum. They're, uh, yeah, what they're really good at is getting to the foul line, which yeah. is a valuable thing. Um, they limited uh, Bama's three-point shooter Shackelford in the second half. He, had, I think, went five of seven in the first half. Uh, I think he only had four points in the second half, so that they did a good job of denying him the ball. Um, Here's what they have coming up now. They got Vanderbilt, as I mentioned, Saturday. Come home against SEC third place Arkansas. I believe it's next Wednesday. And then number one Auburn is a week from Saturday. Um, can they go one and two there? Who was it again? Vandy. Mm-hmm. Third place Arkansas, number one Auburn. Uh, n- yeah, they might be able to pick off Vandy, right? Even though it's at that odd stadium, that uh, arena that Georgia's never won at. Well, they've won there. I mean, yeah, but rarely won maybe that would be the better word rarely won at and and Vanderbilt what didn't Georgia have a big lead on Vandy earlier this year and blew it so you know maybe again they have to play a complete game and if they can do that they can win at Vandy but they're not winning the other two and they can steal one at home uh no <laughs> Um, hey, it, I think they need uh, Jabri Abdul-Rahim to be more of a factor like he was this last game. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, you talk about them losing Jalen Ingram and P.J. Horn, but yet Abdul-Rahim, who's a top 40 recruit out of high school, still can't crack the starting lineup. I mean, he, he is good to have come off the bench, but he's pretty inconsistent with his shooting. Right. Uh, but get him to the line. I mean, he was, he was rock solid, um, you know, the other day against uh, Alabama. So we'll see if uh, they can get more out of him and uh, they can get a little momentum or get a little bit of good things to happen or, you know, if two weeks from now we forgot about this win. Yeah, probably so. And I tell you what, uh, of course, Georgia had its fun, including the UGA official school account uh, at Alabama's expense by uh, by saying that they don't lose to Alabama. Let's, uh, yeah, that's not very collegial. Of, let's, uh, uh, let's back off this a little bit <laughs> because, I mean, one, it took you eight tries or whenever, you know, since Mikey Henderson caught his touchdown pass for Georgia to beat Alabama in football. And then, you know, this me- below mediocre team uh, beats Alabama in basketball. Who, so, who runs that account? Is that is that like a junior yeah, at, at UGA? No, Jerry Moorhead. He's <laughs> sitting at home tweeting. I don't know. I'm sure there's a social media team for UGA, but yeah. I mean, yeah, that uh, I, I just say that this will come around and haunt any uh, any UGA uh, public people to, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking next uh, next December, 
these tweets are going to be accumulated <laughs> and posted along the uh, Alabama weight room or something. All right. Uh, getting back to football before we wrap up here. Uh, Kirby Smart was in Jefferson, uh, I believe it was Monday, took the Kirby Copter uh, to town there. They have um, a 2024 kid, is that right? Uh, Sammy Brown, correct. 2024. Yeah. yeah. yeah being, uh, what is he, a wide, a wide receiver? No, he's a linebacker running back. Okay. I All think right. he'll be a linebacker at the next level. Right. How, how big a deal do you think it is when Kirby shows up in your town? Well, obviously it's a big deal. Um, you know, Jefferson, I know, had uh, knew when he was coming into the football field or the practice field there. But Well, I mean, they better know or else the kids are going to be out there <laughs> on recess. And... But uh, <laughs> what I'm getting to is, like, uh, did you see him landing at Parkview or Brookwood? And it seemed like they took kids out of the local oh, elementary yeah. school and put them in the stands to welcome him. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's become these, a, a parade. Well, I, don't, I don't know what the campuses are. I mean, you could have the elementary school right next to the, the high school, well, right? But still, the fact that you know you take kids out of school to watch Kirby come in. Hey, I guess that's cool. Maybe, maybe they, they saw on the playground they got a twenty thirty five prospect that they got to have Kirby meet. <laughs> hey, you know, if there's a uh, athletic kid, he's uh, he's a good talent evaluator. Ryan Ryan is very into tracking planes. Uh, he, he lives, I guess, somewhere near the airport. Uh, you know, flight track. Well, because it, because I'll randomly get texts from Ryan that, that will say that will say, "Hey, uh, there, there's a, a plane going to South Bend." So here's a question I have for you: yeah. uh, Does Kirby's copter that you know I, I assume they bring him back to Athens? Um, does it show up on your tracker? See, that thing's a little finicky when it comes to uh, helicopters. I can't figure that out. Like, sometimes it'll show some around Atlanta, and then uh, other times I'll hear one go right over my house, and it's nowhere on the radar. And, I, you know, I, I would like to track something like that. But, um, yeah, so the, the airport, they take off and kind of go, you know, uh, across Lexington, and then it goes right over my house. And uh, it's cool to see where they're going. You know, like the other night. The other night, get this. You'll 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 like this. So Alabama, I guess, loses to Georgia. Mm-hmm. They take off. You know where they're playing next? Uh, no. Baylor. It was flying to Dallas. Why would they not go back to Tuscaloosa? They were flying right from. Are Athens. you sure about that? Don't they have school? That's what I thought. But it went from Athens to Dallas. Maybe it was wasn't them, but I would assumed it was. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I know Nate Oates was on Feinbaum yesterday. I didn't watch it, but I don't know if, like, was he, you know, he probably was on campus. I, I presume that that plane was going to Dallas for another, you Might know, been. another Might flight, been. and they took something else. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I always presume but, it's that coach going to either recruit a but, kid or, or get a coach or Yeah, something. no, but it does have me thinking. I was, I was out uh, walking my dog the other day, and uh, I heard a helicopter flying nearby, and uh, I looked up, and, and I was like, is Kirby in there? I going to Cedar? Cur- Cedar. <laughs> wonder, wonder if that was – no, no, no. I didn't mean that. I meant, uh, you know, coming back from wherever. Right, so, right, right. Um, yeah. So, hey, uh, maybe Kirby will let you ride the copter with him sometime. What if he did have a kid, a big-time recruit comes through Clark Central here? Does he take the copter to Clark Central? Like, it'd be easier for him to walk up the hill at Baxter than to go over to Ben Epps, get in his helicopter, and fly over to – is it all about the presentation? I mean, leaving downtown sometimes around 5 o'clock is not too fun. So. <laughs> That's true. I don't know. All right. Hey, uh, we'll be back next week to uh, update, uh, see what's going on in Bulldog Nation with signing day on Wednesday and uh, some big basketball games. And uh, Heck, Georgia might have gained a portal transfer by that point. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. All right. Thanks for uh, joining us.